JC Corcoran Podcast. Even the referee in football has his own microphone so he can humiliate the football players when they break a rule. They stop the entire game so the referee can press a button on his belt, activate a giant sound system, point the guy out on television just to embarrass him in front of his mom and everybody else that might be watching. They stop the whole game, here's the ref. The reason we stopped, the reason we're all hanging around out here in the snow not doing anything right now, is because some people don't seem to know the rules. Isn't that right? Number 71! 71! I hope your mother's watching. Can't blame the referee, though. It's human nature. Let's say you were a football ref in the NFL. An ordinary guy, 65 or 70 years old. You're not making the big millions of bucks like the football players, but you got one thing they don't have, a button right on the belt. And all you gotta do is click it on, and for the first time in your whole boring life, the entire nation is hanging on every word that comes out of your mouth. If I was him, I'd stop the game every five minutes just to talk about my own personal problems. Wouldn't you, if you were him, I'd be going, there was no penalty. This has nothing to do with the game, the players, or the National Football League. I need to talk. I can't keep this up anymore. I feel like a fraud out here. Sure, I'm the ref, but who am I to judge these players? I mean, look at some of the choices I've made in my own life, for God's sake. 62 years old and I'm a freaking referee. I gotta lie down. I gotta tell you something. Uh, I'll be honest, lots of times when I'm out here, I'm not even thinking about football. My wife's getting fat as a mobile home. I love my kids, but if I had to do it again, who I'd wear a condom. Just all goes by so fast in life, doesn't it? One minute you're in high school, the next minute you're watching your prostate like a hawk. Anybody who says these are the golden years can kiss my wrinkled butt, Buster. I got hair growing out of my ears, for God's sake. I got cataracts the size of ashtrays. I got to pee every five minutes. I walk into a room and I go, what the hell did I come in this room for anyway? Got that goddamn arthritis in my shoulder. I wake up in the morning. Takes me a half an hour just to find my eyeglasses. Just so I can look for my teeth to tell my wife to find my hair. I don't know, maybe I'm just blowing smoke. You know what's really bothering me? I just kind of feel like I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. I mean, did you ever dress up in your wife's panties when nobody's home? Boy, you give me a pair of thong panties and some perfume. I am one happy riff. The hell with football. Well, thanks for listening. We better get back to the game now. First down. All right, thank you. Thanks. No, I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're our teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful look. Did that voice inside you say, I've heard it all before. It's like deja vu all over. From the home of Rumor, the Psycho Kitten, is jconthelion.com. How are you doing, kids? It is Tuesday, September 12th, 
2023. I forgot what it was like to have a kitten in the house. You know, our last two cats, one lived to be 17, the other one's 16. We had to put them both down earlier this year. I was like, well, I really miss having a cat around. Been a long time since the night I had a cat in the house. So, yeah, all right, you know, I'll go out. And it occurred to me to get a mature cat. Yeah, there's a lot of cats that are a year or two years old, whatever. Um, you know, sometimes, especially in the state of Florida, we have people who are flooded out, couldn't keep their animals anymore. People lose their jobs. They got to move. All sorts of, you know, things happen that cut into families' abilities to own pets. A lot of those families probably shouldn't have owned a pet in the first place. But, I mean, I can't even imagine a situation where we would have to leave or something catastrophic would happen and our dog and our cat would have to be given up or given away. I can't even imagine a scenario that bad, but I don't have it as bad as a lot of people have it. A lot of people live in paycheck to paycheck. Something goes wrong, and that's it. And as much as I like watching these videos that pop up on social media, one is called the Dodo, and it basically shows the rehabilitation of injured or abused or abandoned animals mostly cats and dogs but they have other animals in there too but they sort of follow the story of how the animal was found how the animal was rehabilitated a lot of times they had to have surgery you know all the shots the things are emaciated they haven't eaten they haven't had any water and then eventually they become part of a family a lot of these dogs are just emotional wrecks they don't trust anybody or anything they're reclusive they're just sitting in the corner shaking it's terrible to watch But you know, the good news is coming because eventually, as is always the case in these videos from the Dodo, the stories have a happy ending. And you feel real good at the end, which is, I guess, what they're trying to do. The problem is, if you think about it for 10 seconds, you realize how awful it was whatever a human being did to this animal. Abandon it, didn't feed it, abused it. All of those things have to happen first before you can have these happy stories from the dodo. And it really upsets me because I just like most dogs and cats better than I like most people. I told this story on the radio show this morning on K-Wolf 101.5 St. Louis, 101.7 West, and streaming at kwolf.com on every morning, 5.30 until 10. And i got to go back to my very first full day in St. Louis back in 1984. I had the movers come in. I had actually done a show or two on Casey. is all the way back in May of 1984, but I hadn't actually moved to St. Louis yet. And so I had a friend of mine in Buffalo put my cat in the cat carrier and fly to Chicago where my parents picked up the cat at Midway. And we lived only two blocks from Midway, so it was easy. So now I was flying to Chicago to get the cat and put her back in the carrier got her on the plane, and then I drove from Chicago to St. Louis. I get to Lambert on a Sunday night, maybe 8, 8.30 at night. The place was deserted, and I'm new in town. I don't know where anything is. I've only been in the airport maybe two or three times, and I'm walking around, and I can't find the cat. I'm asking people. I'm looking all around. Nobody knows anything. Nobody at the gate, nobody at the airline, nobody at the airport. Nobody knows a goddamn thing. I'm walking around for close to an hour looking for my cat. I said about 45 minutes later, I'm just, I'm wandering through the airport trying to find somebody who's going to help me. I'm getting really nervous about all this. And I happen to walk past a tiny little conveyor belt. I mean, this thing couldn't have been more than 10 feet long. It was sort of off to the side from the luggage carousels. And there's the cat. 
So I just picked up the carrier and walked out of the airport. I mean, anybody could have done that. I didn't have to show anybody a little ticket or anything. And I'm just thinking to myself, this this is this is an inauspicious beginning to my tenure in St. Louis. And I remember I pulled out of the airport <laughs> and I'm just getting ready to turn into traffic. And I don't know what happened because I have no recollection of doing anything wrong. But a cab driver stops in front of me, gets out of the cab, walks up to my car and starts firing every epithet at me that you could imagine, every imaginable combination of curse words. And I'm just looking like, I don't even remember doing anything. So I was all for two at that point. I bring all this up because of this story that we saw here yesterday. Uh, a woman lost her six-year-old dog at Atlanta's Hartsfield Airport. And after three weeks, they finally found it. And it was returned and they had the video on last night. This was Delta Airlines. And apparently what had happened is a staff member had opened the dog's kennel for some reason. I can't imagine any reason you would have to do that. But this guy did. And the cat, I'm sorry, the cat, and the dog just bolted out. Now the dog is living somewhere in the airport grounds for three years. Heaven knows what it was eating to stay alive or what it was drinking to stay alive. But they finally cornered the thing. They put two and two together, and they reunite this woman with her dog after three weeks. And I know there's people who are like, it's a freaking dog and a freaking cat. Man, how old are you? And those people I feel sorry for, because if you ever had a relationship with an animal like that, especially a dog or a cat, never had a relationship like that with a pet, I feel very, very sorry for you, because you've missed out on one of the true joys of life. Very organic very down-to-earth. Studies have even shown that, uh, you know, people's blood pressure goes down when you're, you know, stroking the head of a dog or a cat. And then, of course, they have those therapy animals going to hospitals and these old people who haven't spoken in weeks. They bring a puppy up on the bed and all of a sudden, grandma just starts talking your ear off about how cute this little dog is. Anybody questioning the therapeutic value of having pets around the house? And, of course, they'll raise your blood pressure too. I had to go out with the pooper scooper this morning on the front lawn because my dog caught a squirrel. Squirrel didn't make it. And last night, this like four month old kitten that I adopted about two months ago has finally discovered that sprawling out on my chest, I have a recliner and I sit here late at night, watch TV and I'm back at like a 45 degree angle. And the cat figured out that, oh, this is pretty comfortable up here and just spread out on my chest. I may put the picture up on Facebook a little bit later on. But I'm reminded of the difference between having a cat in the house and having a kitten in the house because a kitten is a whole different thing. Drapes, furniture, walking, opening the refrigerator, sleeping, all of these now have become issues. But he's really cute. As you can probably hear, I'm having throat troubles again. I don't know what I can do. I've tried every over-the-counter medication. I'm going to see an ENT about this, but I finished the radio show every day and I just, you know, I got nothing left, which I guess today is fine because I have lots of audio to play for you. Kevin McCarthy, here we go. And before I play it, is there anybody out there who doesn't know what's going on here, who hasn't sorted this out? You can figure out exactly what's happening here. That's why today I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts 
and answers for the American public. That's exactly what we want to know, the answers. I believe the President would want to answer these questions and allegations as well. This effort will be led by Chairman James Comer at the Committee on Oversight. Oh, Christ. In coordination with Chairman Jim Jordan. Oh, God. For Judiciary Committee and Chairman Jason Smith on Ways and Means. <laughs> All right. Okay. So... There's a small little faction inside the Republican Party that has been pushing for this, and it's payback time. They're still pissed about the two impeachment inquiries involving Donald Trump, and they're trying to dirty up Joe Biden. And Kevin McCarthy's just trying to hold on to his job because he knows he's in this situation where all it takes is one vote. One vote, and they can take his job away. And so he's trying to mollify these people. That's a small handful of people in the Republican Party who are demanding this. And he's like, don't take my job away. Okay, okay, I'll start an impeachment inquiry. That's all this is. It's theater. And anything Jim Jordan can do to take attention away from all these stories about him when he was the wrestling coach and he was turning a blind eye to the abuse that was going on, anything he can do to steer people away from that, he's happy with. But... No, the story of McCarthy is a big zero. Speaking of things that aren't turning out exactly the way they were intended, Aaron Rodgers last night. By now, even if you are not a football fan and didn't watch any of this, by now you've heard that after four snaps, he goes down and uh, early this morning they announced it was a torn Achilles tendon. The big question is now what? The backup quarterback comes in, Zach Wilson, comes in and they win the game 22-16. 65-yard punt returned for a touchdown by Xavier Gibson in overtime. But the network executives, much like it was the other night when the score was 40 to nothing, the network guys were all sitting there going, kill me now, shoot me in the head, slash my wrists, whatever. Everybody tuned in here to see a Aaron, and and he's watching the game from the clubhouse. By the way, the Chiefs, apparently, initially, they were concerned about Travis Kelsey. You know, he didn't make it into the starting lineup in the season opener the other night. They were afraid he had suffered a season-ending tibia fracture during last Tuesday's practice. It turns out it was a very deep bone bruise. They think they're going to get him running again today. He'll be back in about two weeks. Cardinals got blown off the field again last night, 11-5. to Adam Wainwright tries it again tonight. And DraftKings, keep in mind that in any sort of corporation, you probably know this from your own experiences. There's middle-level management that decides things. We have meetings. Okay, what do we got on the table here today? All right, guys, what do we got? A 9-11-themed parlay. Oh, good idea. Have all three sports teams win today from New York, and of all three because it happened in New York, eh, huh, what? They're complaining already? Talk about tone deaf. But at least we got to see the football game last night, and I was wrong with my prediction. I thought this was going to go on for a long time. It was going to go on for a long time. We end up being the losers. Oh, we got to see the game and everything, but here you go. You ready? Disney increasing the ad-free tiers of Disney Plus and Hulu starting October 12th. Disney Plus is going to be raised from $10.99 a month to $13.99. Hulu goes $14.99 to $17.99. And it doesn't stop there. The price of ESPN Plus will be raised $9.99 to $10.99. Hulu with live TV goes $69.99 a month to $76.99 a month. 
The ad-supported tiers will remain unchanged, at least for now. There's currently a special promotion until the 20th that gets you three months of Disney Plus with ads for a buck ninety-nine a month. I'm going to play this for you. This was from MSNBC, which I do not watch in the morning because of Mika Brzezinski. Holy shit. This one, you know, when you when you're in broadcasting school or when you're in college and you're taking broadcast courses, and, and to be honest, I think even in high school they teach you this stuff in interpersonal communication and stuff. If you're interviewing somebody, especially if it is being recorded, you know, radio, TV, podcast, whatever, you're recording somebody for an interview. And I don't care if you're interviewing George Clooney or you're interviewing the uh, city trash director about pickup changes in the schedule one of the first things they teach you is to get rid of this uh, i think it's a natural human tendency to ask a question and as the person's talking giving their answer sitting there going "Uh uh-huh yeah okay uh uh-huh 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 and it's one of the first things they beat out of you because when you hear it played back it sounds absolutely dreadful so it's one of the first things they teach you ask a question let the person give the answer listen to the answer because that person might say something unexpected and you got to be able to follow up and you can't do that if you're just thinking to yourself on my next question what's my next question going to be and you're not even listening and you miss stuff so these are all like you know 100 level course class things that they teach you in broadcasting school or in college in communications classes which apparently mika brzezinski did not attend listen to how awful I mean, there's two things going on here. First of all, I want you to hear what's being said. I want you to hear this interview with this guy because it's really interesting. But sort of on the side, I want you to listen to Mika Brzezinski. And don't, look, she's 66 years old. She looks great for somebody 66. But shut the fuck up. So on MSNBC, they bring in this uh, expert, and he's going to sort it all out. It's very interesting. As they've been without ESPN, ABC, and other Disney-owned channels since last weekend. Disney and Spectrum are currently feuding, engaged in public disagreements over the renewal of their distribution deal, which means Spectrum customers do not have access to Disney-owned channels. In addition to the U.S. Open, millions lost access to other live events, including the start of college football, which earns more for, which earns millions for both Spectrum and Disney. I guess, can you get this on YouTube TV, any of this? I don't know, Tom Rogers, what's the issue here and and how is it resolved? What's the future, I guess, of cable TV? <laughs> well, we've talked about Disney's fight with DeSantis here. Uh, this is a much bigger issue for Disney than that fight is. Uh, this is an existential threat wow. for, for Disney. Um, and what's at stake here for consumers is both the price of cable TV and the price of streaming services. So there's an awful lot at stake. Everybody knows about cord cutting and people right. getting rid of their cable or satellite service. And now only about 50% of the country actually has cable or satellite service. Most have uh, half the country's gone to streaming only. So there are two issues at stake here. First is uh, not cord cutting, but hair cutting of Disney. Right. Of the people who still get cable, how many is Disney going to insist get their, all their channels, including ESPN? While that's an issue is there are a lot of people who 
get their uh, get their sports from Jonathan talking about the Red Sox. Yeah. And that's about it that they need. They're not sports fans. Right. But as non-sports fans, they they subsidize sports fans and the cost of ESPN. And what Spectrum Charter would like to do is to say, you know what? Why can't we offer a much thinner, skinnier bundle for, say, a news audience that doesn't want sports and can pay less if well, we don't why have can't to they? include that seems, sports? That seems really that because seems Disney reasonable. insists that the vast majority of cable operator subs have to get all their channels, including ESPN, which inflates the cost of cable, which is now a hundred dollars. But as a or customer, that most. makes me mad. Well, I don't. I'm going to look char- for alternatives. Charter's, take, <laughs> Charter's taken on that fight. And at the same time, they're saying Disney's been a little hypocritical in this era of streaming. Yeah. Where people get to choose much more easily what package they want. Mm-hmm. Why should our customers be forced to buy more than they may want to take? So every so often there is a fight like this between a cable company and a channel. And it usually gets resolved after a handful of days or a week. I know there's been some speculation that the looming Monday night football game, the debut, yeah. might be the thing that pushes us over the finish line. But you you said that might not be the case. That Tell us why this fight is so different and how long do you think it could last? Well, that's a great point, Jonathan, because this fight is different. And there are two reasons for that. One, cable operators stop caring from a business point of view so much about their video business anymore. Programmers have charged so much for carrying their channels that they have almost no profitability left in the video side of their business. So if customers disconnect video, as long as they continue to get their broadband internet service from cable, the cable side's fairly indifferent. On the Disney side, it used to be when these fights happened, the reason the cable operator would cave very quickly is the consumer had no alternative to get the football game. Mm-hmm. Now it's pretty easy. You don't have to go get your satellite dish installed on your roof all of a sudden as your only way to get a football game when the, the, your operator goes dark. You can just go on the Internet, pick up YouTube TV. That's what I was hook, thinking. Hook up Hulu Live. Yeah. And you get all of that. The second issue at stake here is that Spectrum is saying we want our cable subscribers to get all the streaming services of Disney for free. Disney Plus, Mm -hmm. ESPN Plus and Hulu. Disney saying that's our future business. We can't give it away for free. What's the catch there? When people go and get Hulu Live as their alternative bundle to get these channels when it goes dark, Hulu Live, the Disney-owned bundle, actually does give them ESPN+, Plus, Disney+, Plus, and Hulu for free. So they're fighting against a proposition that they're already offering their customers. So this thing with these dynamics having changed could go on for a while, and this is really an existential fight for Disney. Does it have a winning argument, Disney, at all? Any winning argument? Well, I think the winning argument for consumers is... Let there be an ability to get a smaller cable bundle cheaper if you don't care about sports. And there's probably a winning argument for cable subscribers that they get these streaming services marketed by the cable operator, not for free because the streaming services just can't afford that, but maybe at some discounted price that actually makes the cable operator a marketing agent Mm -hmm. for these streaming services that need more subscribers if the streaming side of their business is going to succeed. So there's a lot at stake here, and because there's so much at stake, it may not be resolved quickly, as as Jonathan points out. I I don't care what you just 
God, she's annoying. But do you see what's going on here? There are so many fingers that reach into all different little crevices of this issue. And to his surprise and to my surprise, somebody picked up the phone yesterday and said, get this fucking thing done, okay? Because I want to watch the football game tonight. Like Robert Iger or somebody like that, the CEO of Disney probably said, hey, hey. Anyhow, it's over for now, but a lot of damage has been done. And a lot of people flew the coop. A lot of people just said, fuck this. They yanked out the uh, coaxial cable. They went over to streaming. And uh, I think you're going to see, over the course of the next couple of months, you're going to see these stories sort of emerge. And you'll see the long-term and permanent damage that's been done. And somebody, in the meantime, told Mika Brzezinski to just shut up. Okay, and now my pal Ann Thompson, who has been one of the major contributors for NBC Nightly News on the NBC Television Network for about the last 30 years now. And was my date for the Springsteen concert in the fall of 1984. A lot of you will remember that and will remember her as the consumer reporter at Channel 5 back in the day. And I've been wondering about this for a long time because it'll cough or cold. This was especially before COVID because now everybody panics. You start coughing, you just assume you got COVID. And sometimes you do, by the way. But anyhow, you know, back in the day, and in this case, back in the day is only like three years ago. You get a little cough or cold. You stop at the drugstore and you get something. I remember when I was a kid, we got contact, contact. And then later on, there was, you know, Sudafed. And then Vicks came out with some stuff. And then there's some off-brand things. And you take them and you think to yourself, I don't know that this is helping at all. Meanwhile, the advertisers, you know, the corporations spend all this money on commercials basically saying it's safe and effective. Well, it turns out they may have only been half right. Ann Thompson, NBC Nightly News. Take it away, Annie. It is a key ingredient in many popular over-the-counter medicines like Sudafed PE, Dayquil and NyQuil Severe, Phenylephrine or PE. But a growing body of evidence claims PE doesn't work as a decongestant when taken orally, in a pill or liquid. Dr. Pervy Parikh is a New York City allergist. Do you recommend oral PE? No, actually, especially because recent studies have shown um, that's not very effective at all. This week, an FDA advisory committee will have its say, evaluating evidence, including from the agency's scientists, that say while safe, orally administered PE is not effective as a nasal decongestant. It didn't clear Betsy Yates's head. Just wasn't working and I was miserable. If the FDA pulls the generally recommended safe and effective designation from oral PE, you're going to have to turn to your pharmacist for medicines available without a prescription, but that are kept behind the counter. That medicine contains pseudoephedrine. That's what Betsy used. You could tell a difference between this, the Sudafed that you get from behind the counter versus what's just available um, on the shelf. The OTC manufacturers group says oral PE should stay, arguing taking the drug away could cause people to delay or forego treatment. Dr. Parikh says there are better options. They should switch to those 24-hour oral antihistamines, those nasal steroids or um, nasal antihistamine sprays. All right, Ann joins us now on set. So, Ann, the 24-hour antihistamines and the nasal sprays, you reported there, they're better options. Mm -hmm. But as far as the oral PE, are, are there side effects? There are, Tom. 
Headaches, nervousness, sleeplessness are all side effects. But the question before the FDA is not whether it's safe, but whether this drug actually works. And we could get word tomorrow. Way to go, Annie. Way to go, Annie. Butt some heads. People are always trying to sell stuff and make money off us in dishonest ways. If you want to feel like you're about 170 years old tonight about 7 o'clock, turn on the MTV Video Music Awards. Performers include Olivia Rodrigo, Doja Cat, Fall Out Boy, Demi Lovato, Kelsey Ballerini, Cardi B with Megan The Stallion. And if you're sitting there going, huh? It's okay. It's okay. See, I got a nearly 14-year-old in the house, and even though she prefers... She's in there listening to Dean Martin and Louis Prima and Van Morrison. I think I'm making that up. I'm not. But she also likes a lot of the new stuff, too. So like this Doja Cat. Doja Cat had a song uh, come out about maybe a year, year and a half ago called uh, Kiss Me More. Just good as any top 40 single you hear on the radio these days. But remember when you would uh, watch the Grammys and you knew the people? <laughs> it's It's a little depressing. The home where Marilyn Monroe died has been saved from demolition, and the Brady Bunch house just sold for $3.2 million. Paul Rubin's final film role is in an upcoming Hulu movie called Quiz Lady with Aquafina and Sandra Oh. Tim Burton says Beetlejuice 2 is 99% done, but we're still a year away from seeing it in theaters. Jimmy Buffett's music going through the roof on streaming services. He's got the number four album in the country right now. Aerosmith is uh, postponing their farewell tour. Birthdays today, Emmy Rossum, who seems like uh, one of those girls who's more comfortable with her shirt off than on. Fiona from Shameless, 37 today. Jennifer Hudson, 42. Louis C.K., naughty boy, 56. Nina Blackwood, one of the original MTV VJs, 68. Joey Pants, Joey Pantoliano from The Matrix and Risky Business and Goonies, Memento. And, of course, Ralphie on The Sopranos, 72 today. We had him on the air. Funny guy. Linda Gray from Dallas, 83. The Monkees TV show premiered on NBC on this date back in 1966, almost starring Stephen Stills instead of Peter Tork. One of the directors said, you know, to Stephen Stills, uh, you know, we're really looking for somebody just like you, but with better teeth and hair. Johnny Cash died in this date back in 2003 at the age of 71. It was diabetes. And 33 years ago today, 1990, Christine McVie and Stevie Nicks both said, that's it, I'm done with Fleetwood Mac. A little over two years later, they reunited with the group to sing at Bill Clinton's inauguration. Never say never. <laughs> Did you see Sylvester Stallone? He got an audience with the Pope, and he's standing there in front of the Pope, and he starts shadow boxing with the Pope who was like 117 years old. Things did get a little awkward when the Pope said, you know, even I can't forgive you for Judge Dredd. And with that, the J.C. Corcoran podcast for Tuesday, September 12, 2023, is in the can. We're here every weekday morning, Monday through Thursday at 11 with the podcast. Spread the word if you're able. And, of course, we're on the air on K-Wolf every morning at 101.5, streaming at kwolf.com. Time to suck down some more tea. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. The J.C. Corcoran podcast.